Welcome, my friends. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Tuesday, August 16th. It is time for an episode of The Pit, Politics in Trucking. We're going to open the phone lines right now, and the show is pretty much up to you today. Uh, I'm flying solo. Both John and Stanford are busy today, so I'm on my own. I've got some material here, I don't know, maybe 10 or 15 minutes. Uh, I don't have a lot. I could go on, but uh, I'll get through my material. If you have questions, comments you want to make, political topics to talk about, pick up the phone and join me, and uh, I'll hang out as long as we've got calls. Otherwise, I'll, uh, I'll get through my topics, and we'll see what happens. If you want to jump in, anything political goes. You don't have to talk about the topic I'm talking about today. Anything political. There's certainly a lot going on. Um, the one topic I'm going to talk about uh, is what's going on with the vaccine. I know people are might be tired of it, and they just want to move past it, but we're not going to. This vaccine, I think, is going to be around for a long time. The problems it causes, both politically and health-wise, are big. Um, there's a lot of stuff being covered up about this. So this is not going away. This is something we are going to continue to cover. Will probably be a major topic here on this show, The Pit, for quite a while. Uh, but we can talk about other things. I do have a couple other topics. I might talk about the, um, the tax and climate bill. Um, horribly named, by the way, as the Inflation Reduction Act. What a joke. I may talk about that some. Um, I was planning a show on that after I got a chance to actually dig into the text and find out was it, what's in there, but I may talk about it a little today. If you want to talk about that, we can. Anything else going on in, uh, in the world of politics or the economy right now is fair game. If you want to join me, pick up the phone and dial 855 855- Nine five zero three eight three five. Those phone lines are wide open, so jump in and join me. All right, let's uh, let's get started with the vaccine, and I actually want to start with some good news. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of courts and lawsuits. I, I really hope we never have to get there. It's usually kind of a mess, and it's expensive, and takes a lot of time, but. Unfortunately, that seems to be our only relief uh, from the vaccine issues is taking it to court. We're, we're not getting anything done political. Uh, the Democrats still control all three branches of the government. Hopefully that's going to change in November. But we're, we're, there's just nothing we can do on the vaccine side. Uh, if you talk about it, you are still... Uh, at risk of being banned and deleted. There's still a lot of that going on. There's a lot of cover-up of the data. Uh, many countries have stopped publishing their data. When we need it most, and there were clear patterns we were starting to see, and many of those countries have now stopped publishing the data at all. One of the worst is the United States. Uh, we should have the best data on this of, of, of all, by far. We're good at that kind of stuff. And yet the data that we have in this country around the vaccine is horrendous. Uh, it's almost non-existent, really. It's almost like they went out of their way to make sure that we can't find any data on this. Like I say, there is some good news. Lawsuits are actually starting to work. 
I have two specific lawsuits I want to touch on today and then uh, some numbers around the vaccine and some other issues going on. Then, like I say, I may may get into the uh, tax and spend climate bill that unfortunately they passed. Um, I think the president's actually signing it today. I didn't see anything in the news if he's done that yet or not, but it's a done deal. It's going to happen. It's going to make inflation worse. It's going to hurt the middle class. It's going to destroy um, the people at the bottom of the economy and many, many bipartisan groups, bipartisan economists have said it will not decrease inflation and there's a chance it will actually increase inflation in the short term. And it really, really beefs up the IRS. Unbelievable. Uh, you know, I'm, we've been talking about the fact that you can't find people to work. And I mentioned this to somebody the other day about um, the IRS hiring all these agents. And they said, where are they going to find them? Can't find people to hire. Well, you know what? The government's got a huge advantage here. They pay a lot. The benefits are incredible. I don't think they're going to have a hard time filling these slots. But it just makes it that much worse for all the other employers. There's 87,000 employees that won't be available. A lot of them will go work for the government. I don't think they'll have a hard time filling these positions. They're, they're also armed, by the way, uh, if you're not aware. The IRS buys a lot of guns and ammunition. I'm not sure why. It's a little scary, but they do. 87,000 new agents. Um, I would be much, for, much more for cutting the workforce in the government, not adding to it. But if I were going to add to it, it wouldn't be the IRS. That's not a good sign. And don't believe the media or this administration when they keep repeating the lie over and over. This isn't to audit people who make less than 400000 We're only going after rich tax cheats. Bullshit. Look at it. The reason you know this is a lie It's so easy to prove. If that's the case, this administration could have done that a long time ago. They didn't. Look at the statistics. They're available. We know who they audit. They audit people who make $75,000 less or less more than any other group. That's not going to change. They're lying. If they wanted to change it, change it right now. Stop auditing people who make under $75,000 and take all of those agents and put them on the wealthy if you think that's going to work. Maybe, maybe instead we should just simplify the tax code so it's not so hard to audit. Maybe it'd be a really good time to pass the fair tax and then you take the number of potential audits from 200,000 plus down to a much, much smaller number, and then we wouldn't need 160,000 total IRS agents at all. In fact, if we were to pass the fair tax, you could virtually eliminate the IRS. We would have a much, much smaller tax agency. Doesn't have to be the IRS at all. Just get rid of them completely. Let's just start over. And all you have to do if we have a nationwide fair tax, a federal fair tax, the only people that need to be audited now are businesses. Just to make sure businesses are handling the fair tax correctly. 
There's no reason to audit individuals anymore under a fair tax. There would be nothing to audit. Instead, though, we're going to go spend billions of dollars to hire armed agents to harass people who are already struggling in this economy that this administration created, and now they want to come after you because you're not paying enough tax. And don't believe the lie. See, I I wasn't even going to talk about this topic till later, but uh, this one gets me a little wound up. Uh, I'll finish with this last statement, then I'm going to go back to the vaccine. I may come back to this. Um, Don't believe the lie that this is not going to increase taxes. For, for individuals under 400000 It's a lie, and it's obvious and easy to prove because they are raising the corporate tax in this bill. When you raise the corporate tax, you are taxing individuals, not corporations. The corporation will always pass that tax along to the consumer in the form of prices. So not only is this a tax on individuals, those prices going up... Wait a minute, what do we call that when prices go up? Oh yeah, inflation. The single biggest problem we're facing and it's such a joke they call this the Inflation Reduction Act. It's not. Don't believe the lies. Not that it matters, it's already passed. There's nothing you can do. Except make sure we punish the people who did it in November. Send them a very clear message that we don't like what they're doing. And I have to believe most of the people who listen to me don't like what they're doing because I can't get a single call to defend anything this administration has done. All right, back to the vaccine. Two lawsuits that uh, I'm very encouraged by. Um, Both of them, by the way, have already been won. We're not talking about lawsuits that are still in court. Both of these have already, these are two lawsuits that they've won. And I hope this trend continues. Uh, Let me get back to my notes on the lawsuits themselves. Uh, Which one do I want to talk about first? Let's talk about the, as soon as I find it. Where did it go? There are, there's a group of healthcare workers. Where did my notes go on this one? There we go. North Shore University Health Health System in Chicago was sued by a nonprofit religious organization called Liberty Council. The group claims that North Shore violated workers' religious autonomy by dismissing religious exemptions and forcing all workers to receive the COVID-19 vaccine. North Shore was in the wrong and decided to settle. They settled. That tells you something. It's not going to court. They settled for $10 million, a little over $10 million. Um, There are 500 current and past employees who will receive a payout. You could do the math on how much each one. Well, you got to know how much the attorneys are going to get. My guess is the attorneys will get uh, three to four million of this maybe even four to five million, it depends. Uh, And then you would take what's left over and you split it among the 500 people. It still should be a pretty significant number. Um, Not enough, not enough to ever make up for all the damage that was done. There were people because of this who took the vaccine who didn't want it because they had to pay the bills and feed their family and keep the lights on. Um, 
and unfortunately, that that choice may haunt them the rest of their life. And and you know what? I, I feel bad about talking about this topic. I don't want to make people who got the vaccine feel bad or worry, but you have to know what you're facing. And unfortunately, no matter how hard we dig, we're not getting to enough of the data. We, If the government would just open up the data and be honest about it and we could research it and have intelligent conversations about it, we may be able to help people, but we can't. They're going to make sure they inflict maximum damage with this, I believe. Give us the data. Let us figure this out and help people, but they won't. They're doing everything they can to hide it. These lawsuits, though, are encouraging, and I hope they keep coming. And there are a lot of groups who could sue for this exact same issue, ignoring the religious exemptions. First off, we shouldn't have to have an exemption. There should be nobody ever forced to take this vaccine. We should never be forced to take any medication we don't want to, but absolutely we should never be forced to take an experimental drug that isn't proven at all. And all of the data shows that it is a horrendous failure. I think I saw this morning the Pfizer CEO. We have a quote from the Pfizer CEO saying, our vaccine, he actually made this claim, our vaccine is 100% effective at stopping you from getting COVID. He made that claim early on. Well, guess who just got COVID? Ha, yeah, the CEO of Pfizer just got COVID. Joe Biden just got COVID. Everybody gets COVID. And the data shows if you're vaccinated, you're more likely to get it. It's, it's not even disputed now if you look at the data. If you're vaccinated and boosted, you are the most likely person to get COVID. And when they say, oh, but it'll protect you from dying. No, it doesn't. Look at the statistics around the world. The, most, the, the largest group of people dying from COVID are the people who are vaccinated and not boosted. That's the number one group for deaths around the world. If you got the two-dose vaccine, or the one dose, if that's the one you got, if you get fully vaccinated but not boosted, you are more likely than anybody on the planet to get COVID. If you are vaccinated and boosted, you're in the second largest group. If you're not vaccinated, you're less likely. If you've never taken any of the jabs at all, you're less likely to get it. We also have to look at the issue of why are all of these other viruses starting to pop up and become problems? Monkeypox, polio now we're hearing about, measles had a big run. We have some new viruses that are affecting children in ways we've never seen before. All-cause mortality is up all over the world. In fact, some countries are starting to not publish those numbers anymore. All-cause mortality is exactly what it sounds like. We look at a country, an area, a state, a year, a county, whatever, and we say, how many people died in this area in this time frame? From all causes, any cause, aliens, drug overdoses, whatever, 
bathtub drownings, getting hit in the head by a lawn dart, whatever it might be. And we say, here's the number. Now, I will tell you, if you look at that that number historically, prior to 2021, it was very consistent and stable. It hardly ever changes from year to year. It changes in small amounts over time, but it very, very seldom makes any big move year to year until 2021. And then the number goes through the roof. Well, um, what most people think is, well, of course it went up. We have a new disease, COVID, and it killed a lot of people. Well, yeah, uh, it did. Unfortunately, we don't know which ones it really killed because they never bothered to separate dying with COVID and dying from COVID. All COVID deaths with COVID were counted as COVID deaths. That's incorrect. That should have never happened, but it did, and they're not bothering to correct it. So we don't know the numbers. But you can dig enough, and enough people have been doing enough digging. Other parts of the world, data we can get our hands on in the U.S., and you can take all of their COVID deaths, and we know they're not all true COVID deaths, you can take all of those, and the number for all-cause mortality is still too high. There's still a problem with the number. The COVID deaths don't account for the excess deaths. Well, what else changed then? And COVID, remember, we're talking about starting this in 2021. A lot of the COVID deaths happened in 2020. We're not counting those. What did change in 2021? We got the jab. Why would the jab kill people more for all reasons? I don't know. And until we can get the data and really dig in, we're not going to know. All we can do is speculate. And that's all we're doing. And we're speculating on the fact that based on the information we do have access to, it looks like the COVID jab may be causing all these other deaths. There are reports and stories after story after report about young people dying, young athletes dying. And no explanations as to why, except when you can get your hands on the data, most of these young people dying and these um, athletes dying are all vaccinated. Military numbers are up. We forced vaccination on the military. We forced people out. I expect a huge lawsuit uh, against the military on this. I think that will be a big one. All right, so on to the next lawsuit that um, isn't necessarily about the vaccine itself, but I'm, I'm even more excited about this one um, because this is about the government's reaction to the vaccine. And the first lawsuit, you've heard me talk many times about Alex Berenson. Uh, Alex Berenson used to be a reporter, I think, for the New York Times. Um, He's never been known as a hardcore conservative. In fact, the opposite. I don't really know his his politics overall. He does a pretty good job of not uh, letting politics get too involved in his articles. But I went back and, and read some of his New York Times stuff. I didn't know about him at all. 
uh, until he started writing about the vaccine. Early on, he wrote a, uh, a booklet about COVID, and then he expanded it out to uh, a couple booklets, and I think he combined it into a small book. Uh, he has been on top of this issue from day one. And, and my guess is, honestly, he's probably um, a lifelong Democrat and a liberal, if I had to guess. Um, so this isn't some right-wing conspiracy. This is just a really, really good investigative journalist who has been digging and does not let up. And because of that, Twitter banned him. Twitter had suspended him several times over vaccine posts that they called misinformation, which absolutely now has been proven to be true. But it gets worse than that. I've said if Twitter wants to ban people, they're a private company. It's their choice. Uh, I, I support companies for that. And we as individuals have a choice not to do business with them. So for the most part, um, we took our groups off Facebook. We were tired of being deleted and censored and uh, disciplined and threatened. And so we just took our groups off, created our own. They can make their choices. I can make mine. I don't have a problem with that. I do have a problem with the government trying to restrict speech. I have a huge problem with the government trying to restrict speech. That's our First Amendment right, and it's the First Amendment for a really good reason. So here's what's really interesting. We kind of sort of knew that the government might be talking to these social media companies, but we didn't really have any proof. And without proof, there's nothing you can do. With proof, this is a big deal. This is a really big deal. If we can prove that the government colluded with private companies, that's huge. We now have proof. Alex Berenson sued Twitter over this, and he won. And now, and during that lawsuit, there's a process called discovery where once the lawsuit moves forward, you get to see all of the material from the other side. Emails, correspondence, voicemails, there's, you know, all kinds of data out there now. Even the government can't cover its own tracks when it comes to data. So during this trial where Alex Berenson was suing Twitter, and he won, by the way, he was able to get to the documents and he has absolute ironclad proof that the government pressured Twitter to ban him. We have absolute proof. That's a big deal. So now Alex Berenson is working on his lawsuit against the government and the Biden administration over this. This is a big deal. Um, I'm sure um, both John and Stanford are on top of this and will be interested. So we'll probably talk about this uh, more in a future episode of The Pit. But this is a pretty big deal. If we can finally get the government in court over this and we get a, a good jurisdiction on this, um, we may finally start to see uh, some action and maybe we'll, hey, we're still dealing with these mandates. There are still people that are losing careers over this stupid shot. We're still giving this shot to children, which I'm going to talk about as well, Um so this isn't over by any stretch of the imagination. And we can't let 
this be over. We need to stay on top of this. And, and I don't know if you're, if, you know, honestly, I would encourage you to go follow Alex Berenson and even pay a little money uh, and support him. He used to make his money as a, as a reporter uh, and a journalist. Now he's independent and um, he could use some support. Hey, it's not much. I don't know, 20 bucks a year or something. Uh, I, I've paid for it. He, you'll find him on Substack. Uh, if you just do a search, Alex Berenson and Substack, it'll come right up. Um, he's pretty active in there. He posts quite a bit. He does a ton of, you know, investigating and uh, really good information. So we need to support people like this, uh, and we need to keep pushing these kind of lawsuits. It's it's our only option. We have no political option right now. Uh, in November, we will. We can elect in a whole bunch of new people. Um, and it, not just Democrats either. There are several Republicans I'd like to see go. In fact, one of them, uh, we should know, two of them actually, we should know by the end of today. Um, I don't think either one, one, I'm almost positive, won't survive, and that's uh, Liz Cheney. She's in a primary today, and it doesn't look good. If you look at the polls and the statistics, I don't think she has a snowball's chance in hell, which is good. Um, Lisa Murkowski also is in a primary today. I haven't seen a lot of statistics on hers. Uh, Those are two Republicans we certainly could get rid of. Uh, I think we've gotten rid of Adam Kinziger, if I remember right. I think he lost his primary. Not sure. So that, that's our one political hope, um, November. And I can't, not that I want summer and fall to end anytime soon, but, uh, I'm actually kind of looking forward to November this year. Hopefully, we can make a change there. Let's see what else I've got. Did I have anything else in my notes that I wanted to talk about? Uh, that's the lawsuit. Oh, the VAERS data. Yeah, let's... Um, this is probably the last thing I've got. I don't have any calls whatsoever. Um, I checked the stats. We have an awful lot of people listening. Um, but not a lot of calls. So it's up to you. If you have anything at all political you want to talk about, jump in right now. I'll cover this VAERS data for just a couple minutes. If I have calls, I'll go to them. And if not, I'll, uh, I'll wrap this up for the, the day. So real quick on people who aren't familiar with VAERS, I've talked about it several times. It's V-A-E-R-S. It's a CDC government program. Uh, It stands for Vaccine Adverse Event Reports. Now, the system is completely voluntary, and most doctors don't even know about the system or understand it and use it, and they are the ones who are supposed to. But the government does a very, very poor job of running this program like they do just about everything they do. So when you try to use VAERS data, the government, I can't believe they actually say this, but the government will actually admit, oh, you can't use the VAERS data. It's not accurate. Really? It's your program. Why don't you either make it accurate or scrap it then? Why are we spending all this money on a program that you just say, oh, you have to ignore that. The data is no good. Uh, are you kidding me? I, it's unbelievable. I don't know how much money has been spent on spent on VAERS. It's been around for decades. And it's really interesting when you go look at the chart. Uh, let's see. what what How far back does this go? There is a chart on the site 
Um, oh, let me give you a better site to go to, by the way. Don't go to VAERS data itself at the CDC. There is a better site that takes all of the CDC data, and I've double-checked this. They don't change the numbers ever. They pull the data directly from the CDC's website. They put it in a better format, much, much easier to read and search through. And I'll give you the website right now. It's called openvares.com. And I'm going to spell it. So that's O-P-E-N-V-A-E-R-S.com openvares.com this is a private site but you can go double check this for yourself and i encourage you to do so it is completely the same data as what's at the cdc's website i've checked it several times they're not manipulating the data they're showing it in a much better format that's easier to understand. If you go to that chart that shows all deaths reported to VARES by year, and you go to 1990, that's how far back this one chart that I'm looking at is right now. Now, this are, these reports are deaths because of a vaccine. Now, have we proven that the vaccine caused the death? No. That's what the government should be doing, but they don't. So somebody gets a vaccine, within a short period of time they die, and there's no obvious cause why they died. So we could think, well, the vaccine's a possibility. Maybe we should go prove this one way or the other, but we don't. So if people get a vaccine and then within a short period of time they die, it is supposed to get reported to VAERS. But most people don't know about this program. So, and doctors are supposed to know, but they don't. So if anything, this is probably horribly underreported. There are actually some statistics that show only about 10% gets reported. Well, if we take the numbers for the last couple of years and we extend those out it's not good news at all uh if we we apply that 10 percent rule to this it is horrendous and it would absolutely explain why we're seeing more all-cause mortality and more deaths in 1990 when you look at the chart uh oh good i can get some quick numbers here the reports of deaths in 1990 from a vaccine adverse event. There were 80 of them in the entire year of 1990. In 1991, a year later, there was 166. Yeah, that doubled. It's kind of a big deal, but we're still talking about small numbers. 1992, 228. Uh, I'm going to jump up. I'll jump ahead out to the year 2000. Oh, 212. So it actually went down in, a, in almost a decade. Let's go to a decade. Let's go to 2002. Oh, 187. Oh, it went down even more. So it's not like this always goes up. Over the years, it's gone up. It's gone down. I can't find, I'm all the way up to, oh, hold on. I have to go all the way to... 2009 before i find a year where nope 2008 
the first year we broke 300 reports. 333 deaths associated with the vaccine. And these are all vaccines, by the way, because obviously we didn't have a COVID vaccine. back. These are all vaccines. Polio, measles, mumps, all that stuff we give to people. Um, 333 in 2008. Let's go as recently as 2020. 2020. Do you think it's gone up a lot since uh, since the past years? Are we talking about thousands of cases yet by 2020? Nope. 2020, 420 deaths associated with the vaccine. Now, we haven't proven that all those were truly deaths caused by the vaccine. I don't know why we don't prove those things and publish them, but we don't. 420, incredibly low number. This is why when it comes to death, there aren't really many people running around saying vaccines are killing people. We've never really said that before. There has been a lot of talk about vaccines causing some health issues. Um, Autism, there's always been some sort of a link there that we fight back and forth. Do vaccines possibly cause more autism? Um, The government does a really good job of hiding that data, so we're not really sure. But we hadn't been running around saying vaccines killed people. Except, let's look at what happens in 2021. So, think about this. In 1990, in this system, we had, I want to go back to that number, 80. 80 reports of possible deaths associated with vaccines. Fast forward to the year 2020. 30 years. That number only goes up to 420. And in many years, it actually went down throughout that, those three decades. And now, in just one year, I'd love to have people guess this number. I bet nobody would even come close. In 2021, the VAERS system now has 21,884 deaths reported, and the vast majority of them by far are COVID jabs. Why has this number not even been talked about in the mainstream media? And if you try to bring it up, you either get censored or deleted, or they just blow you off and say, oh, but that that system isn't accurate. I don't care if it's accurate or not. I agree it's not accurate. We can argue back and forth all day long about is it underreported, overreported. It's the government's responsibility to prove it one way or the other. They're not going to. But let's just set that aside. Whether it's wrong or not, doesn't matter whether it's wrong to the high side or the low side. How do you have a system that is so stable for 30 plus years and then sees a, I don't know, what is that, like a thousand percent increase? I'm just trying to do math in my head, but that may be way more than that, maybe a 10,000 percent increase, not five, I don't know. It's a lot. Let's just say that. Somebody could do the math and send me a message if you want. Um, that's incredible. I, I, come on, why are we not questioning this? Why isn't this all over the news? And it's not just about deaths either. Um, because 
we have lots of other data here in the VARES, and it's even easier to read in the open VARES system. Let me just go through some of these numbers. Um, well, I'm going to give you the numbers of through August 5th of 2022. So these are not for a full year. I, I just gave you the deaths for 2021. Now I'm going to give you the numbers for 2022 and it's current up to August 5th. 30,162 deaths. 172,000 hospitalizations. Now, what this is, is, um, okay, I was just getting a message from Aaron. Um, drivers want me to address the Mar-a-Lago search. Holy cow. I'm not sure if I'm ready on that. I may touch on it a little bit before I wrap this up today. We still don't know enough. I mean, well, let me, let me get back to that in a minute. Um, because, of course, I could talk about it. But uh, we're going to be doing a bigger show on that when we know some more things. These numbers are insane. Now, 172,000 reports. What that means is somebody went and got the COVID. Well, this is all vaccines, but they're almost all COVID in this report. Somebody went and got the COVID jab. And within a short period of time, ended up in the hospital. And, and it was possible the vaccine caused it. Again, why aren't we following up and proving this? 133,000 people after getting the vaccine went to urgent care. 202,000 had a doctor's visit. Well, there may be some overlap in these numbers. Somebody may have gone to their doctor and then the doctor sent them to the hospital. Somebody may have gone to urgent care and then got sent to the hospital. But if we just do the raw math, um, there's like 500,000, like a half a million people here that got the vaccine and then had to go seek medical help. Um, just shy of 10,000 cases of anaphylaxis, um, which can be deadly. That's when you have a reaction to the vaccine, like an allergic reaction. Your throat swells up, you can't breathe. That's an anaphylactic reaction, dangerous. Um, f almost 16,000 cases of Bell's palsy. That's a neurological condition. That's messing with your brain. Almost 16,000 reports. Almost 5,000 miscarriages. That's really sad. Uh, 16,000 heart attacks. 51,000 cases of myocarditis and pericarditis. 56,000 people permanently disabled 8,000, almost 9,000 cases of thrombo, I, can, I don't know why I can never say this word, thrombocytopenia. Actually had a call about this yesterday. I should have, did I ask him? Now I can't remember if I asked him if he was vaccinated or not. I should have because that, that word means low platelets. I had a call about low platelets yesterday. Almost 9,000 cases of that after people get the jab. 33,000 life-threatening events. 44,000 severe allergic reactions. Almost 15,000 cases of shingles. Oh, shingles can be a horrendously painful experience. And guess what they'll tell you? Oh, but don't worry, we have a vaccine for shingles. So if you want to get the COVID jab, don't worry about singles, shingles. We'll give you the vaccine for that too. 
there are more reports. Um, that's all I'm going to go through, but I would highly encourage you to go. Uh, oh, I have one more number I want to give you. I just found another interesting chart. I would highly encourage you to go read the OpenVares data, openvares.com. So there's another chart in here. Um, this is the VAERS COVID vaccine reports of deaths by days to onset. So what? here's what this number is going to tell us, what this chart is telling us. I said you get the vaccine and after a certain number of days, I didn't give you a specific day because I didn't know the data yet. That how soon after the vaccine does the problem occur? Logically, the sooner it happens, the more likely it was the vaccine. So when you look at the chart, the chart goes left to right, zero days to 27 days. The, remember there was uh, how many deaths? 30,000 in this report. Well, that's not making any sense. I'm going to have to go dig and see how this is even possible. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, got it. That's 3,000. Okay. So, days to onset. Zero number of days. That means you got the vaccine and you died that day. That's the largest group by far. So in that group, whatever time frame this was, people who got the vaccine and died that day, 3,772 of them. If we go to the very smallest group, which is 27 days after you got the vaccine, only 117 people there. And it's a, it's a pretty consistent chart. For the most part, the biggest groups were at the very beginning, which really kind of supports the fact that, yeah, this looks really likely that this was all caused by the vaccine. Uh, all right, so what was the other topic I was thinking about covering today? I think I might have already talked about it quite a bit. Um, And I may do, like I said, we're going to do another. uh, None of these topics are going away, by the way. We'll be talking about them a lot. But I guess, uh, you know, we've got some calls. So I'm going to take some calls. And then at the end, I will talk about the. um, uh, What did Aaron just. Oh, the Mar-a-Lago search. Yeah. See, there's so much going on politically. Hell, I could do hours every day on politics with all this stuff. Uh, let's go to Virginia. Brandy, welcome to the program. Thank you, Kevin. Um, so you were talking about the vaccines. I just wanted to make a comment. The, so I was listening to the power hour and these friends and people that have died. Isn't it cross your mind? that Were they, in, were they vaccinated? I, I was like, anytime I hear anybody that's sick, it's like, I wonder... Were they vaccinated by any chance? I, I think the exact same thing. I always think that. And um, here's the other thing I've noticed when I read reports. It has become very, very, very common to show a young person dying. They're usually athletes or celebrities if they're going to make the news. And every time I see one, before I even open the article, I can almost predict really accurately that they, in the article they will say no known cause of death. 
They just won't report on cause of death. They won't report on vaccination status. And we should be. We really should be. There's enough evidence out here to say this vaccine could be causing people. It looks highly likely that it's not causing people, killing people. Um, It looks highly likely that it's killing people. And we should be talking about it, but we're not. And the reports are just, oh, this 27-year-old, you know, elite athlete fell over dead from a heart attack but nobody autopsied nobody bothered to look to see if he was vaccinated or if they did they're not reporting it there was something at a baseball game i think yesterday where uh i don't know if a fan or maybe in a player but they also just keeled over yeah. and died yeah but they never it, mentioned it in the ball game yeah, we, that somebody just died we act like it's no big deal this stuff never used to happen Now, of course, it happened. People fall over and die everywhere, but it was rare, really rare. That's what's changed. It's not rare anymore. And think about this. Like I said, the only reason we see these reports is because they're celebrities. They're athletes. They're professional athletes. They're, They're known to people. Well, if we're seeing so, there aren't that many famous people in the world. Think about it. Just in this country, we have 300 million people, but how many really, really famous people are there that everybody seems to know? Not many. So if we're seeing all these reports of famous people, what does that mean for the rest of the population? Well, it means they're dying in bigger numbers. It's, we can see it in the statistics, but nobody will explain it. Yeah. Um, the other thing... Uh, uh, Google, my newsfeed, had an article about Tesla and the new Tesla truck, uh, battery truck. And there was a, about five or six comments. But one of the comments that didn't seem to say is like, where are we getting the cobalt? Where are we getting the lithium? China is the one that's doing all the controlling of that. And it's like, well, if China doesn't give us any of those things then what are we going to do for power? And it, it just like, nobody seems to mention the really big elephant in the room. It's like, we don't get those things. We don't have batteries and we don't have movement. Well, the, and, you're, you're uh, right. You're right. The, the good news, because I was really, really worried about this too. Um, the good news, and this comes from the book I've been talking so much about, The End of the World is Just the Beginning. Um, again, I the, finished reading that, or the, hearing the U.S. is better positioned than anybody else in the world. We don't have to get those. We do get those things from China right now. We get the majority of them from China. And, you know, here's something else since this is the anniversary. So much of this stuff all ties together when you start talking about politics. Um, We're talking about the anniversary of the horrendously disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan by the U.S., We basically, you know, occupied Afghanistan for 20 years and kept it fairly stable. And I I don't believe we should be the world's police. I'm fine that we got out of there, but we should have done it completely differently. We could not have handled it any worse. And what we did, we should have a presence in Afghanistan. Not like we did, but we should still be there. And what we've allowed now, we have allowed the Chinese and the Russians to go into Afghanistan because... Guess what Afghanistan does have a lot of? 
has a lot of all these um, chemicals and, and minerals and elements that we need for batteries and other components to go into the, you know, the green new future. And we're going to allow other countries to control that instead. Afghanistan's a mess right now. A huge mess. People are- Same thing with Congo and I think even in Brazil. Yep, all all yep. of those places, China is right there. Yep. Yep. So we fortunately would not have to depend on China for this stuff. We could produce this stuff on our own, which is good news. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Uh-huh. But uh, it, uh, it, it, like I said, you start talking about all of this, the politics, the vaccine, the economy, the new green deal, it, it all ties together in so many ways. It's mind boggling. And then the other thing, um, I want to get a Garmin watch and I'm actually using my pilot points to buy it. I was wondering if you would make a, tut- a tutorial, uh, like on one, on your, on your site, basically this is the way, cause I noticed there's a lot of calls calling in about it. And it's like, and that is going to be one of my calls when I finally get one. Uh, how do I program it? I, I, and if you had a video or something, that would be really helpful. You know, it would be helpful. And I will tell you, if, if I can find one downside to the Garmin watch when I compare it to all the other wearables I've tested all these years, and I have tested a lot of them, hands down, by far, this is my favorite. Nothing else even comes close. The one downside to it is because it's so good and it does so much and there's so much data that it is more complicated to figure out than all the other devices. It, it is. So good tutorials will be really important. Now, the problem is good tutorials are really, really time-consuming to make, to, to, to do all the filming, the video, the editing, to get it right so it's clear and easy to follow. It's a lot of work, and it's time-consuming. Um, so maybe what I'll do is I, I need to call Garmin anyway to get a couple other things answered. Uh, maybe I'll see what they have that they could share with us. Maybe they have some really good uh, material available that they could share with us. I heard that. I think it was yesterday that a driver called and he called uh, a customer server tech support and they basically gave him a circle answer. It's like, well, that ain't no helpful. So I was, I mean, you're the one that's been using it and advertising it. It's like, then you would know how to program it. uh, Sort of. I mean, I, I still have some challenges now and then. When the software changes and updates, we just got a new, you know, HRV reading that never used to be there. And I need to go in and figure out again, because I haven't done it in about six months, how to put a new data point on my watch so I can just see it on my watch without opening the app. I've done it before, so I just don't remember how I did it. Um, But you are correct. We need really good tutorials for this. It would help people a lot. Um, I just don't want to have to reinvent the wheel. So if I can go back to Garmin and find that they've got some things and we can just get them organized and post them, then we'll do that. If not, um, it's on our list. And uh, if I could find two or three really good employees to hire, we would probably do that. But uh, it's not easy right now. Okay. So we'll see. Well, that's all I have. All right. That's all I need. Thanks for the call. Um, Lines are open. Um, I've got one other topic I'm going to talk on probably no more than three to five minutes. Uh, And I will hang out if you want to call. Now's your chance. Got a couple more minutes to jump in. 855 
950-3835. Let's head off to Iowa. Matt, welcome to the program. Good morning, Kevin. What's on um, your mind today? I don't know if I did this math right, but what you were looking for a little bit ago, if we had a 5,400% increase in debt, no matter what type of debt it is, shouldn't that be big news? Well, you would think so. You would think every, and it's not just us, it's around the world. Yeah, well, yeah, that's, that's the VAERS number you were talking about there. If I, Is that what the number was? If I did my math right. It, I, it, it seems ridiculous, but that's what I came up with. Hold on one second. What? Yes. All right, sorry. Um, yeah, it, when I was thinking in my mind, I yep. said 10,000, and I thought, no, wait a minute, I think it's closer to five. So your, your number is probably right then, because that's about where I was. Uh, yeah, this would be huge news. Not only should we be talking about it, yep. but we should know whether autopsies were performed on any of these people or not. What did they find? Yep. Yeah, because this is just reports. There's right. no... Yeah. investigation when when people say you can't trust that data because it hasn't been proven i agree with them i know it hasn't been proven let's go prove it why aren't we doing that then but no matter what you say you can't have a five thousand percent increase and think something didn't happen no for 30 um, years so the- <laughs> for 30 years <clears throat> Your increase over the entire 30-year period was only 100%. We doubled in 30 years. 30 years. That means the percent it goes up each year is minuscule. Minuscule. And then all of a sudden it goes up 5,000%. Yeah. Yeah. Something certainly... Certainly raises a lot of questions in my mind anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It's encouraging finally that um, some lawsuits are happening and they're actually winning. So the main reason for my call when you were talking about more IRS agents, more um, uh, audits and all that, do you know that the federal government broke another record last year? Let me guess at what it might be. Is it possible that they brought in more revenue than ever? Yep. They hit a record revenue for the first time ever. They broke $4 trillion, and that came up from 3.5-something. Whoa. So... A large, large increase for 2021 budget year, which is already almost a year old data because end of September is the end of 22 budget. It, it, what's mind blowing about that? So the, the most money they've ever taken in and a large increase. We only ran a $2.7 trillion deficit on top of that. <laughs> Biden just claimed he fixed the deficit for us with this new bill. <laughs> Don't worry yeah. about the deficit. Biden fixed it. Yeah. 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 yeah the, the previous so, two years were right in that 
3.5 trillion in revenue. We jumped over, I mean, it's lower and lower in that, the further back in history you go. But yeah, so we jumped all the way from three and a half to 4.07, I believe, or something like that was the number for 2021. Is it safe to say that our federal government is in financial trouble? It is. Uh, yes. It is. What what's our what's our national debt? We've topped thirty trillion, right? I can't keep up with it. It goes so I, fast. Yeah, I, I I don't have any idea anymore either. And I, north of 30. I, I remember I don't know what year it was, but it hasn't been that long ago. I can remember coming on the air and talking about the fact that we broke twenty mil or twenty trillion and that sounded scary. And all of a sudden, in no time, we went from twenty to thirty. And nobody's really talking about that much either. But, you know, this data that you just brought us really, in my mind, points out something that I've always believed. And it's something that at least two of our presidents have believed in the past, Reagan and Trump. They both believed if you lower taxes and lower regulations, you actually increase the revenue to the federal government and decrease expenses. The more regulations you have, the more employees you have to have to enforce them, write them, all of that. Every regulation costs the government money. So if we lower regulations, we lower the cost of operating the government and we increase tax revenues and both presidents proved it. And you can go back and look that both presidents proved it. You look at what happened after they lowered taxes and got rid of regulations and the government numbers improved every time. And the economy improves every time. And yet, the, the Democrats keep falling back on tax and spend and regulate. And it's how we got to $30 trillion in debt and how we still have a huge deficit and how this problem is going to get worse. So even if you want to say, well, we can't decrease regulations, that's not safe. Too bad. Safety isn't our number one concern right now. Going bankrupt is our number one concern. We should be making those changes. Yeah, it's, and I've the book, The Creature from Jekyll Island. I'm having a hard time getting through this book. I am struggling. It's, <laughs> yeah, it, it, some of it's fascinating. I know. Um, a lot of a lot of the information about World War One and how the only reason we really got into that war was probably because of money reasons. Um, right. You know, I don't know if that's conspiracy talk, whatever, but it's, to me, that was interesting. And But yeah, there's some of it. It's just, I'm not following all of it. And, but it really makes you wonder the whole fiat money and yeah, it does. where all this is going to lead. Because in history, it's, it's always ended. Uh, yep democracies have always ended unfortunately um and it's starting to look like we may not be the exception to that rule as scary as that sounds but uh it's hard to see any other outcome for this right now the way we're going so but yeah i mean actually back to the taxes um even john f kennedy was the first one at least that i've read about that that publicly stated lowering taxes 
will increase revenue and accelerate the economy. So it isn't even just a Republican issue. It, it, Democrats said it first. It, well, they, they used the to understand and, that. My, honestly. Yeah, but if, if John F. Kennedy was alive today, he would be a far right-wing oh, exa- you know, candidate. I, so. I was just going to say, if we go back to the 60s, if we could bring back the Democratic Party from the 60s and make it our new third party today, I would probably be in that party. I've even said that when it comes to fiscal policy, I think Clinton was excellent. I think Clinton did a hell of a job of managing our economy as as the president. And there are a lot of other parts of his politics I don't like, but I, I think he was very fiscally responsible. And the reason he was so popular is because he was a moderate. Exactly. Most of his left-wing ideas that he tried pushing failed. I mean, they, they, correct. They, he never got them passed. Right. So, you know, I don't know if you can say, you know, Newt Gingrich and, you know, the Republican-controlled Congress is what made him famous. And it might be. a booming economy. It, well, well wait, wait a minute. We have those ex- things are going on. We have those exact same things right now. We had a booming economy. The, the same conditions occurred. Here's the difference. Here's the entire difference. Go back and look at um, Clinton's first two years. He was trying to push through some fairly radical stuff, and it didn't work. The, the Republicans held strong, and it didn't work, and they didn't have enough of a majority to push too much through. And then when he got, when the Democrats got killed in the midterms, what did he do? He moderated. He moderated big time. And yep. the rest of his presidency was when he accomplished quite a bit. So the problem is, the, the, uh, it, you know, here's the other thing that I'm a little worried about. Remember just a month or two ago, everybody, even the Democrats were saying, we're going to get hammered. We're going to lose the House. We're going to lose the Senate. Yep. We're going to lose governors. We're going to lose. We're just going to get hammered. Now, all of a sudden, they're strutting around saying they're not going to lose anything. Uh, what changed? Uh, <laughs> it's so hard to judge because, I mean, I know a lot of liberals, and they, they can never point to anything why they say the Democrats are doing good. But any idea that comes out of Republicans' mouth is, you know, the end of the world and just but you know when I try to not argue with them just have a conversation about stuff and talk about a policy or something like that they they can't That's... point to any reason why the Democrats are doing good <laughs> right yeah um, yeah I, I don't know it just um, again I keep it now here's here's something and here's why I'm a little worried about this it's not just the mainstream media and the Democrats themselves saying this Fox had a poll the other day that showed in Congress the Democrats and the Republicans are almost in a dead heat. What happened? No. And, well, I just can never understand the re-election of everybody in Congress. I don't remember the number, but, you know, it's 
fairly high up there. Oh, 60, yeah. 70 some percent get reelected. Right. Yeah. But their approval rate is less than 10 percent now, I believe. You know what that tells us, as sad as this is? What that tells us is there are an awful lot of people to that go to the polls and vote and all they really vote on is name recognition. Yep. They'll complain all year long about Congress and then vote for the same person because they don't know who else to vote for. No. Um, One other statistic I heard many, many years ago, back to like Bill Clinton style stuff. I believe there was a study that went back over history and did our economy and I don't, maybe it was the stock market too, but it's something financially, our best political situation is a Democrat president with Republican controlled House and Senate. That's when our economy, stock market does the best. Interesting. Well, that certainly applied to the Clinton years. Um, well, well, the yeah, last two. Yeah. Anytime you get a majority of all three, it gets out of whack. Oh, yeah, know? it does. If they don't have somebody to do some type of check somewhere, things either side they'll get they get stupid. That's true. And That's true. So, um, um, we, we've had super majority of the Democrats more in the last fifteen twenty years. Obama got in and. And here, just the last two years now, it's it's been heavily Democrat, you know, almost a supermajority. Obama did have a supermajority his first two years, and they passed a lot of radical stuff. Yeah. Yeah, we're still paying for it, too. Um, you know, I just had a thought on that topic. What was it? Um, just popped into my head while you were talking about that. Uh, I can't remember. Well, I'm, I am really, oh, no, no, I know what it was. So, you know, we have two elections we're actually talking about a lot right now. It's all we ever talk about anymore. Um, the midterms clearly are important and they're close. I mean, we're, we're not far away at all anymore. Um, I really hope that the Republicans take over the House and Senate and we kind of gridlock Washington for a while. Get nothing done. Maybe the Republicans can find some ways to undo some of the things that they've done already. But for the most part, let's let's just put Washington into gridlock um, so not much of anything happens. Then the really interesting election is going to be 2024. Um, can you imagine? I think the odds are so it's such a long shot. But could you imagine a Biden Trump rematch in 2024? I can't imagine what that would do to this country. I know, and I, well, hey, obviously I'm hoping Biden doesn't even run again, and I, I'm i hoping Trump doesn't run again either, but I, I got a feeling he's going to. I think Trump probably will, and, you know, Biden, I don't know. He, I think he probably will if he's physically capable. Um, but And then the Democrats well, are going to have to decide what the hell they're going to do about that, but... Uh, I, there's a there's a really good chance he just won't be physically capable of doing it. No. Well, and he had a call with it yesterday, or I don't remember earlier, um, about. I just lost my train of thought, but uh, 
Yeah, I've been doing that a lot today. Biden's health and yeah, um, I don't think. Oh, you know, uh, what does it? Bernie Sanders. You know, yeah. he was the front runner, and then yeah. all of a sudden, everything changed. <laughs> yeah, in the, in the primaries there. But so the Democrats pushed very hard to get Biden to the front. Yeah, they did. Somebody in the back, you know, the the people that really control things. And I don't foresee them doing that again in two years. No, no, not with Even Biden. Biden says he yeah. wants to run. I yeah. don't think. No. Yeah, no, they, the Democrats don't want him to run. They don't want him or Kamala near anything no. anymore. For some reason, they really wanted those two in office. And maybe it was simply because they're actually running things, whoever they are. Um, but, yeah, that's not going to happen again. No. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen this time, but uh, it, it's certainly getting interesting. Um, that's for sure. Now, it, it's also possible that both Trump and Biden, but certainly Biden. Trump, with this raid now, that changed everything. And you and I might as well talk about that because I was going to close the show with that anyway. And I don't have much to say. Um, I don't either. You know, Trump may not, maybe he wasn't going to run, but now maybe he's more likely because of this. So that that one's just kind of up in the air. Um, Biden, though, I mean, Biden just shouldn't run, period. I mean, he just shouldn't for so many reasons. And it's possible that both of them are holding off making the, the real announcement until after the midterms because they don't want their announcements to influence the midterms. And it would in one some way. We, it's hard to predict anything anymore. But I think that at, right after the midterms, we may see a lot more clarification on who's going to be running. And typically we do that right. almost every election cycle in a midterm, you know, anybody that wants to announce they're running for president doesn't do it right. until after midterm elections. Right. So, yeah, I yeah, keep, I think, uh, I think end of November, December, we're going to, we're going to be seeing a lot of movement I, on 2024. I, I keep holding out hope that the Democrat nominee will actually be Tulsi Gabbard, but I, I don't think there's much chance with that. Is she even a Democrat <laughs> still? I don't know. Well, yeah, I don't. She's not accepted by the Democrats, no. but I think no. she's still a registered Democrat. Um, <laughs> honestly. Yeah, wouldn't that be nice if uh, we could get... Uh... Honestly, from the last, last group that ran for president, she may have been my favorite. Yeah. I, I, I kind of see her really close, even more so in a good way, but really close to what Clinton did towards the end of his when he really, really moderated to get things done. Yeah. And well, and it's like Alex Berenson, you say there, he, I don't know his politics either, but assuming, you know, fairly liberal. Um, the book, uh, The End of the World, you know, that guy, in the end of the book there, he says, you know, well, I'm I'm a Democrat with a small D, you know, left-leaning, but I got a feeling he's much more left-leaning than, than me or you probably, but, uh, I, yeah, I, 
I like moderate Democrats, especially the ones that want fiscal responsibility. And, you know, like I say, socially, I probably agree with Democrats more than I do Republicans. But if we could get a middle-of-the-road Democrat to run against a middle-of-the-road Republican, I think we'd, uh, we'd have a really interesting election. We'd have a, you know, a, probably a good election. Uh, we need to see more of that. What was the um, what was the news I just heard? God, there's so much news going on. I read so much this morning. What was the news I just read about Musk, Elon Musk? The government's going after him for something. Um, what was oh, that? I haven't heard that, but I do have a comment about him here, if you can think of that one. Well, go ahead. Maybe that'll... Later. Trip my memory. Okay. Um, the author from the book, The Moral Case for Fossil Fuels. Yeah. He has a new book coming out, Fossil Future. And it's, it's a lot of the same stuff. I, I haven't read the book yet, but I just listened to an interview with him. Uh, it was actually Mike Rowe interviewed him last week. Mike Rowe is. Why he's got a lot of good interviews here lately. Yeah, he does. Podcast. Yeah, I've, I've seen I some of those. I highly recommend really that to anybody looking for something to listen to. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, so, and I can't think of his name right now. Uh, Alex something. Epstein or something along that line. Anyway, um, Fossil Future is new book. Okay. But anyway, when his first one came out or way back, when Tesla started getting popular and um, Elon had some tweet out and this guy, he wrote on there, congratulations. You finally invented a car that runs on coal. <laughs> <laughs> Elon fandom. <laughs> oh man. I read it recently um, because I've been waiting for that to happen. I've been waiting for a headline like this and I think it's completely political. Elon Musk should be their golden boy. I, who else has has done more to advance their green new agenda than Elon Musk? Nobody. He should be their golden boy, but they don't like him anymore because he doesn't seem to be much of a Democrat these days. Newest electric vehicle credit that was possibly in this new bill did not even apply to a Tesla. That's right. And that's right. I'm assuming maybe it's that's they're non-union. Maybe yeah. that's what I was reading about. Maybe that's the one that triggered this. That they're actually going to exclude Tesla from the tax credit, which is, yep. look, if you want more people to go buy electric vehicles, why would you exclude the single most popular electric vehicle on the planet? By far, the largest nobody's one even and, close. Yeah, the most popular. Right, nobody's yep. even close to the numbers that that Tesla has. So, if you really want people to go buy electric vehicles, why would you exclude Tesla? Only because you're pissed off at their owner because they're not being very democratic these days. Yep. And yeah, like, I, know, I know one part of it's the union, and just for people that don't know the whole story Elon Musk flat out told his employee if you want to be union go ahead I won't stop you 
but you do realize you'll be getting a pay cut. <laughs> you know, that's that's how... You will be reduced to union wages. Exactly. That's how many companies got rid of the unions. They just paid more. Why? You know, look, if the union's in here, we're going to have to pay them more and we have to put up with the union. Let's just pay them more and get the union the hell out of here. Yeah. And it, it, it is an actual pay per hour or salary. The biggest thing Tesla employees have had going for them, and this will change in the future, is the stock option. Right. And obviously, you know, right. the stock has made many of their regular workers millionaires. Yep. Yep, absolutely. So, uh, real quick, let's um, uh, let's just touch on the uh, raid at Mar-a-Lago because I don't have a lot to say um, because we don't know enough yet. We don't know why they're doing it. We don't know what they're really going after. But what I can say is this was outrageous and should have never happened like this. Uh, there is just no justification for this whatsoever, unless it's hidden in the data that we don't know yet. So we could wait for that. But on the surface, this was so outrageous that it just leads me to believe that this is all about the midterms again. And this party is just dead set on maintaining control no matter what they have to do. But they, they need to be really, really careful because if anybody, if anybody is pushing us towards some sort of civil war insurrection, it's not Trump and his crowd. It's the Democrats, clearly. You don't pull something like this. That, that was just so wrong. Yeah, and I haven't read a whole lot about it, but yeah, to there's me, nothing to read. That's the problem. But I do know. Well, yeah, until until some information gets released, it's a publicity stunt. Yeah, it's, and on the on the, it's not Trump trying to put himself in the news. It's, no, it's the Democrats trying it, to put Trump in his place. It, it, yeah, exactly. They are. I I believe that. The Democratic Party right now, the Democrat Party has one mission and one mission only. And it's no different than their mission in 2016 or 2020. Their mission is to make sure Donald Trump never, ever becomes president again. That's all they care about. But you can't run an entire political party in a country based on that. Yeah, the only I mean, I guess possible good news that can come out of it if they stay focused on Trump and Trump just keeps egging them on and then we get somebody I really like Ron DeSantis so do I governor of Florida yeah because he and what's sad about him is every time he does something and I mean this isn't just him it's a lot of right-wing people but he is much more an independent than people realize he is not a right-wing person. No. No, see... Every bill he signed and the news gets a hold of, they twist it up to make it sound like something that's not even in the bill. You know, here's the thing, and you'll never convince anybody of this anymore, um, but I completely believe this. Trump is not a hardcore right-wing. He never has been. 
How, how did we even no. get to this point where we think he's an extreme in the Republican Party? If he's an extreme, it's because he's closer to the center than the extreme outside. Hell, he's, he's, that, there were times I thought no. he was a Democrat over the years. And, and you look at his no. position on, and the fact that they call him racist, it just blows my mind. He might be one of the least racist presidents I've ever known. Look at his history. Look at the people who he associates with. Look at the people he does business with. There's no racism in there. He does business with all kinds of people and all kinds of people with different backgrounds. And the same thing when it comes to, you know, gender and sexual orientation. He's never been a hardcore on any of that stuff. I, I, I really think he's probably closer to libertarian than anything. And I think DeSantis is too. Yeah, he's very but but here's libertarian or definitely independent. Here's something I don't get. And when you talk to Democrats or the mainstream media, they for some reason they've always portrayed libertarians as being far right extremists. Why do they do that? You got to label everybody you dislike something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I could that's, that's I the thing I about libertarians I, I, I might be able to say extreme right or extreme left. I know I might be able to say that as a libertarian, um, you know, a little more extreme on government issues. I'd like to see less government, less regulation, less control, less rules, less laws. And I, I might be considered a little extreme right on those kind of issues. But then on the other hand, there's a whole bunch of social issues I completely agree with the Democrats on. So how does that make me a right wing extremist? No. I thought for yeah, sure, you know, you know there was being in Oregon, I might fit in a little better being a libertarian than just a straight Republican, but it's the opposite. My God, you say libertarian in the state of Oregon and you got to watch make sure somebody isn't pointing a gun at you. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the way back the, in the 90s or early 2000s, there, the liberals considered themselves, you know, the most open-minded people and all that, and I think that has completely changed. Oh, absolutely. The more liberals I talk to, they are the most closed-minded people. Yeah. They don't want to hear any information. They, they have completely abandoned the First Amendment, and that has been their amendment forever. No. All right. Well, yeah. there's... There's tons to talk about, um, but I'm going to wrap this up. I got a lot to do. In fact, I, I, I got like 20 All minutes right. to get out of the space I'm in right now. We got to move on today. So uh, I'm going to wrap this up. Matt, thanks for the call. Great stuff. We will see you back here tomorrow for Destination Health. Be safe, be profitable, be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey.